It was an ugly Sunday night in the Mile High City as the Niners fall to 1-2 on the season after falling to the Denver Broncos 11-10. It was a pretty ugly matchup. The Niners did not look good on offense at all. The defense has been phenomenal for two weeks straight. Chevy and I are going to dive into this matchup and recap the Niners' loss to Denver. And we will also look ahead to a must-win game in Week 4 as the Niners host Sean McVay and the LA Rams on Monday Night Football. It always seems the same every season where the Niners have their backs against the walls. And when they need a win... It's a primetime game against the Rams that ends up being the get-right game. Can the Niners do it again? We will preview that game as well. We'll talk injuries, headlines, and much more. So keep it locked. Got a lot of Niners football that we're going to talk about. And don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. What is going on, Faithful, and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Way Podcast. Jay Sohota, Zach Chevy, three games are in the books, and September football's a wrap. I feel like the season just started, but just like that, three games in, three games are done, and we're moving on to October with week four starting in an all-too-familiar territory for the 49ers. This is probably the third time we're going to have an episode that is very like the one we're about to do today. Because where have you heard the story and the scene of the 49ers are struggling hard in every phase. Shanahan's struggling. The team, the offense is struggling. And the defense is actually playing good in this case scenario. But the Niners have their backs against the wall one more time before they face the Los Angeles Rams. Chevy, Sunday night was a frustrating night, my guy, but um, the Niners are one and two. It is what it is, and uh, we're going to dive right into this weird Broncos game that it was, but um, what were your takeaways for that, and, and how are you feeling ahead of Monday night football against the Rams? It was an extremely frustrating game, to say the least. I mean, you have our, our defense, first of all, the, the, two, the biggest takeaway is our defense is one of the top defenses in the league, if not number one defense in the league. Like there is not a hole on that defense. The offense on the other hand, right now, the complete opposite. Listen, I get it. Jimmy G isn't the the best quarterback, but it's not necessarily just Jimmy G. The biggest problem, the offensive line, that offensive line has been brutal inside and out losing Trent Williams. I it's probably the biggest loss you could get right there. Other than Trey Lance. I mean, that, that is a brutal loss to an already beaten O-line. If the O-line can get healthy, if the O-line can improve and solidify, this team this team is going to win that NFC West, no problem. Uh, this defense is probably the best defense I've seen in a while, and that 2019 defense was phenomenal. No question. I'm, I'll be honest with you, bro. I, I feel like our defense, and I said it last week too, I feel like our defense actually might be better than it was in yeah. 2019, honestly. And... We've played two games. Actually, I lied. Every game we played three. No, I was going to say two games of allowing like below 20. But no, the Seahawks team allowed seven points. And that wasn't even an offensive touchdown. That was a blocked field goal taken back for six. The defense has been flawless. We haven't allowed over 20 points in a game so far. And the fact that we haven't given up 20 points in a game so far and our two losses have been to the Broncos and Bears, arguably you can make a honest, a legitimate case those have been the two worst performing offenses in the National Football League through three weeks. 
have been the Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos. And the Niners couldn't put up more than 10 points. Say what you want about week one under the monsoon. I get it. Sunday night, I'm sorry, there's no excuses. Jimmy G can go and sit up there all he wants and say, my arm is fatigued and blah, blah, blah. You're telling me you can't even get me 16 points at the bare minimum? That was not a good performance. Not a good performance at all. The offense was stalled. It was bland. And I said this last week, too, and we were talking about it, and you and I kind of went back and forth on the whole Debo Samuel thing of how you want to see it more I was like, you got to see it in situations. To be honest, I'll be honest with you, bro. We're both in the wrong, and I'll tell you why. Everybody knows what's coming now. The whole Debo Samuel as a wide back, halfback, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's on tape. Everybody knows that what the Niners are trying to do with Debo Samuel. Last season, the Niners were in a hole as a team. Right now, they're in a hole offensively. Last year, they went to the resort of, well, let's use Debo Samuel as a wide back. And it worked beautifully, and the Niners took off ever since. Monday night, Kyle Shanahan has got to pull something, a rabbit out of the hat, if you will, to try and beat the Rams once again. But he's got to do something different offensively. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. I think something that we could potentially throw out there, maybe, you know, because you have Debo on tape and everyone's stopping Debo, you run Debo one way and Ayuk the other way. Everyone said when we drafted Ayuk, he is basically a mini Debo. So why not use him in that Debo situation if everyone's expecting Debo to be that guy? There's a reason you have two of the same guys because they can do this. So if everyone's you know expecting Debo to run, why don't you fake it and give it to Ayuk one time? Uh, that's you know, but I'm not Kyle Shanahan. I'm not going to get into the play calling because unfortunately, I, I I'm not the head coach of the 49ers but something I want to talk about this offense Kyle Shanahan you know I I don't know how much he trusts Jimmy G for example we had four fourth downs that were either four and fourth and threes or fourth and fours and one fourth and two and in those fourth and threes that we were on either the Denver side of the field or just at midfield and Kyle Shanahan punted three of them and kicked the field goal for one of them I'm sorry, in a game like this where your offense is not going anywhere and your defense has been standing on its head and been, like, flawless the entire time, why not go for one of those? Yes, Jimmy G, you know, he, he had the dead arm, whatever. He didn't look great. The play calling wasn't necessarily great. But fourth and three on the 49, fourth and three on the 44, you're telling me one of those you're not going to go for it? and trust your defense. And if you get that first down, who knows? That's another opportunity to put up points, especially in a game that, which is so low scoring that you only scored 10 points and your opponent scored 11. But he felt okay to go for it on fourth and eight. Yeah. In like a three-point game against against the Seahawks. And I don't like, see that? Here's my thing. I know you can make the case about Shanny not trusting Jimmy. But I think this more has to do with Shanahan and his and his aggressiveness. And I've read a lot this week and even before about because Kyle Shanahan's getting a lot of criticism and rightfully so. Last year was the same thing. He got a lot of criticism for the same thing. But the more I think about it and the more this is now year six of Kyle Shanahan as the 49ers head coach. I think we've seen it enough in our eyes. But even going back to the Atlanta days, Shanahan... It's almost as if 
that Super Bowl just like scarred the dude for life for being too aggressive. If that makes sense. I could be wrong. It may have not been that, but like the thing is he's not as aggressive. Like you think about these two, I'm going to go back to two games that obviously are the two biggest games where the Niners had won these games. We may have two Lombardi trophies right now. And that's the chiefs game in the Super Bowl and the Rams championship game last year. We had two 10 point leads. Those are times where you need to be more aggressive in your play calling. You need to take a shot downfield. You need to do something else there. I'm totally with you, Chevy. I There was one fourth down. I can't remember when it was in the first half of the second half. And I'm thinking, go for it. Like, what yep. in the hell do you have to lose? Like, just go for it. Like, it, you have. And here's what should make you as a coach. Like, if I were in Kyle Shanahan's shoes as a coach and I knew I had the defense that I do, I would be going for it on fourth down twice as much as any other coach would. Because it's like, if you have the ball on the 40 yard line of the, of the opposition and you're there, what are you sacrificing? You got the best defense in football trotting out after that. Like it's, you know what I'm saying? It's different if you didn't have that good of a defense. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's the point. Like this defense is one of the tops in the league. You're trusting them to go out there every time. Sure. You're putting them in good field position and what are they doing? They're getting stops. And that's why it was such a low scoring game. But as you said, you should be able to trust your defense. For like the defense has been phenomenal. The defensive front has been ridiculous. They got four sacks uh, against the Broncos, where their O line's not necessarily the best, but they're a decent O line, and you're getting four sacks. And the secondary, I can't even start to begin about the secondary. Talanoa Funga and Tashawn Gibson as our safety have been absolutely phenomenal. Hafunga's been one of the best safeties in the league, and Gibson's been right up there. Uh, one stat I want to point out, the lowest passer rating allowed by a safety in the NFC West, There, there's two people, and they're both on the Niners. Tashawn Gibson has led up a zero passer rating, and Hofunga's led up a 2.8 passer rating. going to be hard That's to keep Gibson off the field. Nuts. Exactly. What, when Jimmy Ward comes back, is he going to be starting? That's yeah, the question. Nah, that Jimmy, we're Ward, have. Jimmy Ward's but a captain, bro. He'll he's going to be starting, but is he going to be starting at free safety or are we going to move him in the nickel when uh, he comes back? Because I know we do need help at the nickel. I know uh, Demo's going to start uh, in the nickel against uh, LA. They've already announced that he's going to get the assignment against Cooper Cup. Sam Womack's been looking all right as well. But I mean, Gibson has to be part of their future uh, or the future for the, of the season. Because look at how well he's been doing and look at how well he's gelled with Hafunga and the rest of the defense. I mean, this defense has been phenomenal. It, I feel like this is going to be what carries us to the playoffs if we do make the playoffs. I, you know, coming up, the, this, this stretch is kind of nice. The Rams, we've always seemed to own the Rams other than the NFC Championship game. So that's going to be an interesting to one, one to watch on Monday night, see if Jimmy G and the offense can bounce back. But then after that, you got Panthers and Falcons. Those are winnable matchups. And, you know, getting on a roll and getting going, your defense is going. When Jimmy Ward comes back uh, after the Panthers game, hopefully, or at least he'll be practicing after the Panthers game, do you break up the chemistry of this defense? I mean, you definitely Jimmy Ward's definitely going to be a factor in there, but is he necessarily the starter is the question. Oh, he absolutely is. And that's because he's Jimmy Ward and he's a captain. Having said that, I trust D'Amico Ryans that he'll do what's best. That if Jimmy Ward comes in and gets like destroyed on like the first possession, like do you switch it up and put Gibson back in? 
Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of like your idea of putting Jimmy Ward in the nickel because I think Jimmy Ward's the way that he his style of play and his mentality kind of fits that he's an aggressive player and you need an aggressive player. Demo has that right. Demo has that aggressive nature about him. So he can, he can play the nickel. I thought Demo did a nice job on Sunday night, but no, Jimmy Ward will be back when he's healthy, but I totally understand where you're going with that, that get, get Gibson's playing too good, right? Like, like, what do you mm-hmm. want them to do? And Huff is playing even better. So yeah. It's it is going to be very hard, but at the end of the day, this is this is easily the best secondary I've seen, like the 49ers secondary I've seen in in years. Probably, if I'm being honest, as from myself and probably yourself too, of being a fan, I haven't seen a secondary this good in a, a 49ers secondary this good. They've they've yeah. been flawless. Traverius Ward was an outstanding pickup by John Lynch in the in the free agency. Emmanuel Mosley has gone under the radar for the last like three four seasons, and dude has not skipped a beat. He's been fantastic. And you look at if any of these guys were to go down, who do we have as our backup? We got Ambry Thomas and Jason Verrett coming off uh, the pup list in a few weeks. Are you kidding me with that depth? And like you just mentioned, we got Jimmy Ward, who's a captain, coming back from injury. Our depth is insane, and our secondary is very, very good, man. And I think, I think definitely the loss of Eric Armstead was definitely felt a little bit, but I'm not going to lie. Our D-line is so good that it wasn't, it wasn't something I was overly concerned about, and it wasn't. Let's be real here. There was one injury and one injury that happened here that I am, I think all of Trent us Williams. are like, yeah, it's it's not even a question. There is one guy, literally one guy that I'm like, we cannot lose him. And that's Trent Williams. And the only, if this were last year, which Trent did get hurt last year, and we did survive, but that is because we had Alex Mack at center, Lakin Tomlinson at guard, Brunskill was there at guard. Like we had a much better offensive line. Don't get me wrong. Spencer Burford's been decent. He's been good. He's been exactly what I thought he would be in the sense that he's done a lot of really good things, but then he has his rookie moments. That's totally Mm -hmm. understandable, and we all knew that was going to happen. Aaron Banks has been eh. Again, he's a young dude. It's only his third ever start. Cut him some slack. Same thing with Jake Brendel. But But that's the thing they're growing, right? But they're not great. Jalen Moore, no offense to the dude from what I'm about to say, was atrocious. Like, he was in there snap. He got eaten alive on all three of those plays. Shanahan didn't hesitate, threw McKivitz in there, and McKivitz wasn't really any better. This is what I'm saying. And now we're facing mm-hmm. the Rams, bro. The Rams. I'm looking at the injury. I mean, it's, what, what is it, Thursday today? What's what's the deal with Brunskill? Like, tell me uh, anything. I haven't taken a Yeah, we, we actually got news on Brunskill. He was limited in practice today. Uh, and, you know, I do think there is hope that he is coming back for Monday. You know, it's a good thing that we're playing Monday, not Sunday. It gives him an extra True. day to rest up and get ready. And, Brunskill's needed so much. Shanahan said if Brunskill's there, he would probably help the team more inside than out. I think they would uh, look for him, maybe Banks, to rotate a bit. Um, But, you know, I think Colton McKivitz right now is the guy we're going to go with uh, at left tackle. Uh, Brunskill, the thing about Brunskill is he's a swing tackle. He can can play all three positions on the offensive line, and you're probably going to see him if he's healthy, play all three positions or at least uh, guard and tackle on Monday. And Brunskill, he's, it's much needed, especially with Williams out. Colton McKivitz does scare me at tackle. But again, especially when you're facing the Rams and Aaron Donald's the main guy you're worrying about, having Brunskill help out inside isn't necessarily a bad thing either. 
I'll say I, I'll say I'll give one thing for Colton McGivitz is when we needed him last year in the biggest game of mm-hmm. our season, the dude stepped up. And it yep. was against these same Rams. So if there's anything I have a little bit of faith in, it's that. But D- Daniel Brunskill has been known. Like, he's been a very big reason of our success against the Rams over the past three seasons. He has been phenomenal, whether it's been at tackle or at guard. He has been fantastic. Now, the fact that he's coming off of injury, I agree with you. I think McGivitz is probably going to get the start. You're not just going to throw Brunskill right away at tackle when he's been getting all the guard reps all offseason including last year. So you're not going to do that. So you're going to throw, we're probably going to throw Colton McKivitz out there. But if it was up to me and if Brunsko wasn't hurt, I'm throwing him a tackle. Like mm-hmm. at this point, you need all the help you can get with this interior O-line because they're young. Again, they've had their moments of being really good and they've had their moments of being really bad. And on Sunday night against Denver, they were not good. It was not a good day. Jimmy was not good. The offensive line was not good. It just, as a whole, was not good. And this is kind of where I, I, go to John Lynch where I'm like, why wouldn't you bring another veteran in? Doesn't have to be a big name. Doesn't have to be anything like that, but a guy who has more experience to kind of slot in there. You know what I'm saying? Again, you invested a second round pick in Aaron Banks. You want to use it. That's fine. Brendel's been here for a few years. You want to plug him in there? That's fine. But that's one more guy that's inexperienced. Rather you bring in a guy who's more experienced. And I think that is something that would, would really benefit this offense. And it's people go to say, oh, it's Trey's in. Is it going to be any better? Absolutely not. If Trey was starting that game, this game would have went the exact same way. Yeah, it definitely, like, the offensive line was the biggest factor in that loss. And it, and I definitely think that we should be looking at other options, especially free agent options, trade options. We have a little bit of cap space now that Jimmy G restructured his contract. So you wonder if maybe they look to explore signing to someone to a vetman and stuff like that and having that veteran presence, maybe a one-year deal to help them. You know, the Niners have a strong roster, a strong team, a good chance of making the playoffs. Some of those veteran free agent tackles, centers, you, you could potentially lure in and get there. So that's definitely something I am keeping my eye on. I do think, though, it is more likely that that happens closer to the deadline if we it's a, if it's especially a trade, uh, and you know how many uh, tackles and offensive linemen do you get seeing traded in the NFL during the season? So it will be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, and you know we're we're talking about the defense. We're talking about how great this defense is. One thing I want to mention: the linebacker group is going to be a bit, uh, you know. Shaken up after Aziz Alshire got injured in the game. He is out, I believe. They, yeah. They're saying six to eight weeks with a sprained MCL, which is kind of similar to the um, Elijah Mitchell injury, I believe they mentioned. Yeah. So that is a massive loss to the defense. It is a good thing that, you know, we have two of the best linebackers in Dre Greenlaw and uh, Fred Warner. But someone's going to have to step up. I know Demetrius Flanagan Foles is probably going to step up. He's already been stepping up a bit. Uh, uh, so that's a guy I expect to get in there. Maybe Oren Burks, who uh, we signed specifically for special teams. But he's been getting some reps with the defense. Uh, and, and speaking of defensive tackles, especially with Eric Armstead out, it was Hassan Regway and uh, Kevin Givens who really stepped in there and made a big impact for the Niners D. Uh, on Sunday, uh, you know, Givens had that sack and Ridgeway was just there stopping guys, getting lots of tackles. So 
it is really good to see the depth. Uh, you know, it, we it didn't get thin out. Drake Jackson even looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's some he's a guy that the development's going to get there. And later on in the season, you can see Drake Jackson be one of those guys. Maybe he's that guy who starts opposite of Bosa and Ebucom's coming off the bench. So the the D the D line's been great all year. They even with Armstead out, it's been going, it's been improving. And even with uh, Aziz out, we were still able to make those stops. So as big as the loss is uh, with Aziz and uh, Armstead, who you're not sure if he's going to play this week, I, the defense should be fine. But yes, the O line's the biggest concern. Oh, no question. Um, the loss of Aziz is huge. I I, don't, I mean, I kind of forgot about that. I think I was too focused. I think we're all too focused on the Trent injury, but losing Aziz is, is pretty big too. But then again, like our defense is so good in terms of our depth that if one guy goes down, it's next man up. Like I'm literally not concerned. Eric Armstead is literally our second best defensive lineman. Dude's literally a captain. He goes down and I'm looking at the, the inactive list and I'm like, yeah, I, I, we're fine. Like, I was never concerned. Obviously, I'm like, Armstead, that's a, that's, that's a big presence we're missing. But I'm like, no, nah, we'll, we'll live for a game. And so as long as nothing significant, we'll live for a game. And with Aziz, no question. This time, and this is my thing with Aziz and Greenlaw in particular. The dudes are made out of glass, man. Like, every year, it's one of them. Last year was Greenlaw missed, like, half the year. Now Aziz is going to miss half the year. Like, it's... It's very unfortunate. It's very hard to keep all three of them on the field at the same time. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we have the depth to, to get us through it. And last year, we had all three of them on the field when it mattered in the playoffs. So as long as we got Aziz for the home stretch and we got all three healthy, that's kind of all that matters at this point. But our defense is not is not the problem. Bro. Like our defense, our, we lose Aziz, we lose Armstead, we have no Jimmy Ward. We literally three of our better guys on defense and we're still playing lights out. This is all about the offense, bro. All about the offense. This is Shanahan and Jimmy G have got to figure their shit out because it literally is that. These are two games now where we could have been 3-0, and and instead we're 1-2. and And we have an October where we have to play the Rams twice and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to have to score points. Mind you, play the Panthers and the Falcons, like you said. And if I'm being honest... Yes, they're two winnable games, but after how September went, there are no winnable games anymore. Like, this is like, you got to show up. Because if I'm being honest, the Niners are so good, we go 5-0 and in October, if I'm being honest with you. But we have to show up. Our offense has to show up and get back to 49ers football like we did in week two. Because it's been week one, it's been like, what the F? Week two, we get back to who we are, and we're like, okay, now we're rolling. Jimmy's back, blah, blah, blah. Then we get Sunday night against Denver. And again, we're looking at our at the screens like, what the F? Yeah, you are 100% right. This team, like the, the Rams game is so important. The offense needs to come back and make a statement. Jimmy G, again, as I've said multiple times, Shanahan before the NFC Championship has owned the Rams. And you know he knows like this game circled. It's a primetime game, Monday night. At home, bringing in L.A., McVay, part of the Shanahan uh, coaching tree. Uh, you, you know that it's, a, it's, it's the divisional rival. It's probably the team you're fighting for uh, that, that playoff spot with come the end of the year. So this is definitely a massive, massive, massive game for the 49ers. And the offense really is the one that you ha- are worried about, you're concerned about. Uh, so, I mean... 
on defense, I, I think Cooper Cup's the biggest worry, especially no because question. he's usually covered by the nickel corner, and that is asking a lot for Demo, who I believe had part of that assignment last year in Week 17 or Week 18 when we took on the Rams in that crucial game. Uh, so I, I think that matchup's going to be something we're going to have to look for. And then the O-line, Aaron Donald's a beast. Or Sorry, the D-line, Aaron Donald's a beast. Uh, you know that he's going to get through the the middle and you know that uh the rams are going to bring pressure especially with our o-line so you know doing poorly so which is why it's going to be the biggest question can jimmy get the ball out quickly can we get the offense going can we get some run game going maybe some play action going i'm excited to see what shanahan does i i do hope that he gets more into the run game i do hope he fakes it out with debo now everyone knows that debo is going to get the ball so why not use it as distraction? He he's ever since uh, Jimmy's been in there though. Debo has been the number one target on offense. You know he had five receptions for seventy three yards. He had eight targets, the same amount of targets as Ayuk. But everyone knew last year Debo was his favorite target. If you if you get those uh you know those fakes going to Debo in the backfield, get everyone's eyes looking there, and then you know drawing something up where Debo's doing a a wheel route. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, I just hope that we see some new plays from Shanahan and we just need to see the offense flowing. When does he get 85 in the mix? Like I know yeah. last week was his first is, is his first game back and everything, but we, we've spent way too much time talking about Debo and BA and Jennings, but like we're completely forgetting that we have one of the best tight ends of football. Let's not just use him to block and run. Let's get him going in the past game. And even more, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback who already has very, 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 very good chemistry with George Kittle. I need I need to see him more in the mix. And here's the thing with with Kyle Shanahan is anytime that he plays the Rams, he always has a really good game plan. That's the one thing I've noticed about every time we play the Rams and why we school them. It's because Shanahan has something different every time. I go back to 2020, week six, the Niners hosting the Rams. Same thing. Niners aren't looking good. They're coming off a real ugly loss against the Dolphins. Sunday night football. They need to get something going. Jimmy's coming back off that ankle injury, so he wasn't even 100. Shanahan's game plan was a masterpiece. He got the ball out quick. A lot of jet sweeps. Got it out right really nice dink and dunk passes and it worked the offensive line was great they ran the football well jimmy didn't have to do it It was one second boom get the ball out quick kittle had a touchdown i think debo had a big game i think ba had a touchdown. like everybody got involved game plan was superb niners win the game then i look back at last year week 10 monday night the niners needed a new game plan they start using debo as the wide back. That was kind of the whole wide back debut thing. And the Niners destroyed the Rams in time of possession. I think they their opening drive was like, wasn't it like a 13-minute opening drive or something mm-hmm. like that? It was time of possession was key. Shanahan always seems to have a really, really, really good game plan. He's going to need it because we're going to find out here was it really Kyle Shanahan's game plan, or did he get a lot of help from Mike McDaniel, who's not here anymore? 
We're going to find out. I was out. just about to say that. Is Mike McDaniel really the knight in shining armor that helped ignite this offense last year? We're going to find out. is that loss, you know, detriment? Are we seeing it now that maybe, you know, the offense doesn't have that same spark? This is definitely a game that Kyle Shanahan needs to prove it, that he is this amazing play caller. It seems every year we have this debate. Every year we get to a point where Kyle Shanahan's play calling looks stale. And Mm -hmm. because of that, we always question him. And then out of nowhere, he comes out and has, you know, this 35-point night with Jimmy G at the helm. So it it is going to be interesting. You know, as you said, we do need to get Kittle more involved offensively. I do think, especially with the problems we have on the O-line, that you will see one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, if not the best blocking tight end in the league, block more just because we need that extra help on the O-line, but I, I, you definitely have to get Kittle more involved. I, I go back to the 2019 season, the one game everyone knows Kittle and Jimmy G for their big chemistry, the Saints game, and that amazing mm-hmm. catch he made at the end. We need to see more big plays to George Kittle. We can't just see these little chip plays to Kittle. He He's too good of a tight end to not utilize, and maybe it was because it was his first game coming back from the injury that they, you know, shied away from him. I mean, he's still got five targets and four receptions, but I just think the the offense needs to be focused a bit more on Kittle, shy away a little bit from Debo and Ayuk, and then once he gets there, once they start looking at Kittle and focusing in, in on Kittle, that's when you go back to the wide receivers who have been, clearly been dominated from the defensive perspective. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They need to do that. Again, it's I again, Jeff Wilson ran the ball really well. 12 carries, 75 yards. The you, you look at the receivers who got involved, right? Debo, five catches, 73. B.A., three catches, 39. George, four for 28. Could have been a little bit better, right? Wasn't great. Look at Jimmy's stats, 18 for 29, 211, a touchdown and a pick. Seems like a normal Jimmy G stat line when you look at it, you know, on paper. But when you watch the actual game, it was just like body language wasn't there energy wasn't there rhythm wasn't there like just the, a lot of it just was not there for this football team let alone you look at the score they lost 11 to 10 like what the hell happened here it, it, it with a team like the Denver Broncos who their offense was far worse it, it is very disappointing that the Niners couldn't come away with something and then speaking of obviously the guy at the helm Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just going to take like two seconds. And I'm just so tired of even talking about this anymore. Why are people so surprised? Like, I don't like Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, this is just what he does. Like, I can't explain. I, I mean, I could, I could try and explain it till, till I'm blue in the face. And Niner, Niners faithful still wouldn't get it. It's Garoppolo is just prone to making mistakes like this. And you got to live with it. He is going to be our quarterback for the rest of the season. You got to get used to it. I don't know why you're not used to it already, but you got to get used to it. The safety, it is what it is. People are going to keep getting mad at him, but like you're backed up in your own in your own ends. I think that was the play either before or after Trent got hurt, which explains a whole lot. So that probably right there, which was the whole old line just you know disastrous. In shambles. The, exactly. The Broncos D line is good. Jimmy is not a mobile quarterback, so he's not Trey Lance who's going to scramble around, you know, the end zone, right? And to be honest, Trey Lance could have done that. It could have ended in the same result. It could have ended in something worse. It could have ended in a, t- in a touchdown, which actually would have happened if Jimmy did it. So to be honest, Jimmy stepping out of bounds was actually the better thing because if he didn't, that was a pick six yep. to Bradley Chubb, and that would have been far worse, like way more ugly 
It was just a horrible sequence in itself. We lost our left tackle. Jimmy looked like an idiot, and it was just the whole sequence was just bad, really bad. But this is, again, where as a team, we need to get better. They need to get better, and it all starts like we just talked about, Kyle Shanahan. This needs to be his game. Again, I don't know why it always shapes up to this, where when it's a true identity game or it's a must-win game or it's just Shanahan's game or Garoppolo's game. It's always somebody's game, and it's always primetime against the Rams. I don't know how, where, when, and why this always happens, but we got to do it again, man. I don't know. We, we have to keep showing the Rams up. Like I, I don't know what else to tell you because this is a Rams team that they haven't looked that great this far, but they're still going to bring it. Like This is a heated rivalry between the two teams. And it's going to be physical. It's going to be aggressive. And I'm going to say this about the O-line here. Spencer Burford, Aaron Banks, and Jake Brenzel better freaking bring their big boy pants. Because if they don't, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Aaron Donald is not your normal D-lineman that you face. Sure, Denver's D-line, they're good. They're talented, whatever. There was no Aaron Donald there. There was no Aaron Donald against Seattle and Chicago were cupcakes compared to Aaron Donald. Those three better bring their big boy pants because Daniel Brunskill, Lake, and Tomlinson held their own in the interior over the last three years. Spencer Burford and Aaron Banks are two new guards now. Aaron Donald may get their way, and our offense might be worse. But if those two come out and have the game of their life, the Niners are going to be able to do what we do best and run the football and actually get drives. Jimmy's going to have time to throw. A lot. Not a lot. Basically, everything kind of lies with this offensive line. If this offensive line comes out and they show up and they play the game of their life, like I said, Colton McKivitz filled in for Trent Williams in week 18 last year with our season on the line. He had the game of his life, and we won. Daniel Brunskill has arguably had the games of his life against the Rams. We've won. It starts in the trenches. you got to shut down 99. Spencer Burford, Aaron Banks. I'm looking at you too. Jake Brendel, throw him in the mix. If those three got to come, they got to grow up. Like, I want to come on the podcast next week and be like, Spencer Burford turned into a man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I want to yeah. come out and say, I want to say Aaron Banks is no longer a rookie. I'm like, now that is why we took this dude in the second round. You know what I'm saying? You got to take it to Aaron Donald, and I'm looking at those five dudes out there. McGlinchey's been kind of average too, man. He, he's got to lead these boy Trent's down. McGlinchey's now the leader in that room. That O-line, man, they're, they are the key in this matchup against the Rams every freaking time. These boys got to show up. Yeah, I think we've mentioned it enough that the biggest key to this game is in the trenches. We are going to see it Monday night, 8-15. Niners, the Rams come in. They're going to face us. We're, we're going to be battling. You know, the, the biggest question, can we win in the trenches? And I definitely think we're going to be winning on the other side. You know, Bosa is going to be feasting. Ebuham is going to be feasting. We're oh, going to course. have a plan. And Tarverius Ward, he doesn't get enough love, man. He's been an absolute dog since we got him. I kind of want to see him on Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. I want to see him. I, I think he's going to get a couple matchups here and there. I do think it's going to be uh, mainly Demo. But uh, at the same point, I, he's going to be shutting them down. Eman, as you said, He's been quietly one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Slotting E-Man in their cornerback two slot has never been better. I mean, he, he has grown so much from when we uh, when we got him. 
back in 2018. And you can definitely see, especially at the cornerback one position may have been a bit much for him. But that second cornerback position where he doesn't necessarily have to cover the team's best guy, he shuts them down. And that's exactly what you're looking for. So, yeah, man, it, it's going to be a battle in the trenches. We know that the secondary – I mean, look at their secondary. They got Jalen Ramsey out there, one of the best corners in the league. He had a poor week one, but ever since then, Jalen Ramsey's been back to the his old self. And that's something that we're going to have to watch in the in, in our battle, especially on offense with, uh, you know, Jimmy, who does throw the occasional pick here and there. So, uh, again, it's going to be a tough battle, Shanahan – always comes out to these battles with a game plan and usually wins. So it is going to be an exciting game on Monday night. Oh, I'd say it always is. Always is. Rams don't like the Niners. The Niners don't like the Rams. It's as plain and simple as that. And you got Monday Night Football. You got Buck and Aikman on the call who were on the call twice last year. It's going to feel like a, 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 a regular big game between the Niners and the Rams on Monday Night Football. It's in Levi's going to be absolutely rocking. Always is on prime time. So, it's it's gonna be a fun one, man. I hope. I I really do hope that that these boys show up one more time, and we're not sitting here one and three, um, after that because it just it wouldn't be good. And not only if you win, sure. This is again the beauty of how our schedule kind of just panned out this way. Sure, if you beat the Rams and you're two and two, sure you got the two dumb losses to Denver and Chicago, but you you're two and zero oh in the NFC West. I think that's that's the most important thing when you're looking at at how big of a game this is. It's either you drop to one and three and it's like real ugly. But if you get to two and two, sure, two and two is not exactly where you want to be, but you're two and oh in the NFC West. That is huge down the stretch in this division. So when I look at that, that's kind of one one of the things that I'm looking at here. This is a huge game for the Niners. And speaking of the NFC West, I of course Russell Wilson had to do it to us again. Like I honestly <laughs> of course he had to do it. Like this is such a typical like when we were up ten to five. I'm literally like, Russ is going to do it to us again, isn't he? Like, I literally thought it the whole time. I was expecting it, and what happened? He did it. Russell Wilson plays, like, absolute garbage for 58 minutes and then for two minutes, and it just so happens to be in the most clutch two minutes of the game. Dude just turns into Tom Brady and just, like, becomes unstoppable in two minutes. That is that is Russell Wilson. And Chris Collinsworth said it on, on the – uh, during the game as well, he was like, this is who Russell Wilson is. Everyone's kind of expecting him to be this dude to come in and this offense is going to be so good. But like, I, I think we're, we're learning a lot about him with this, how bad this Denver offense is. But Russell Wilson is more of his, his game is making stuff out of nothing. And I would have expected the Niners to know better, man. I would have, it's like, if you keep, it's the same thing when you play Tom Brady, it's the same thing when you play, Aaron Rodgers, and we've learned our lesson against Aaron Rodgers. You let so Patrick Mahomes is another one. If you let them in the game long enough, you're not going to end up winning this game. And the Niners did that. They had multiple, multiple times to put the Broncos away. But if you let this game within reach of Russell Wilson, you're going to lose. And we've and Russell Wilson's at what eighteen? He's beat us eighteen times. The dude has literally beat us eighteen times, man. I don't know how you don't learn your lesson by now, but. All I got to say is, thank God we don't have to play him again. Play him again. Like, that was it. And we don't have to play him for another four years. So, that's the good news. But, Lloyd, yeah, that, that kind of sucks. Enjoy the AFC West, uh, Russell Wilson. You you can uh, rot there for those five years as probably <laughs> the third best, if not fourth best team in that division, which we'll see this week as well when the Broncos take on the Raiders. 
I, I don't even know if the Broncos will win that one. The Raiders, who are 0-3, still could be the better team. I, I, I do think they're a better team than their 0-3 record, but uh, that's going to be an entertaining matchup on Sunday to watch. I mean, I, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but the AFC West through three weeks, I think we overhyped it way too much. If I'm just, if I'm just being it's, real. It's like, a little bit of a hot take. I mean, the Chiefs are still one of the best teams in the league. The Chargers, you know, the, no, the like on have paper. been unfortunate. And I still think they're going to be great. But yeah, the Broncos have been disappointing. The Raiders have been disappointing. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, man. Like, it's definitely been a bit overhyped. But uh, I mean, we'll no, still see. Ter- There's still so much football to go. Oh, absolutely. And in, no, in terms of talent. Talent, absolutely, yeah, it's yeah. the most. And it's st- all these games are going to be hard as hell. But when you look at it, it's like Denver's offense is atrocious. Yep. The Raiders are zero and three, and the Chargers just got blasted by the Jaguars. So it's like, oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I thought this was yep. going to be like everyone's making the playoffs and everything. But again, like you said, it is way too early to make that judgment yet. But so far, so far within three weeks, I think it's a little overhyped. But. All right, man. Let's let's finish this one off here. Final thoughts here before this this Niners Rams game on Monday night. I think we're going to see more of a run game from Kyle Shanahan. I think that's been something that's been missing as well. You know, Jeff Wilson did well with 75 yards last week, but I think we need to establish the run, especially the outside run more. Maybe you see a mix of Jeff Wilson and Jordan Mason in there, but I think uh, we're going to run them down a bit, open up the play action, and that's how we're going to get Jimmy G going. Uh, I do think we get the win just because of uh, Shanahan's history facing the Rams, but it's going to be a close game. It always is. I really hope so, man. I, I really do. Like, this, they need this one bad. It seems like every time. Like, again, I'm so used to it being now. Like, when we're down bad and we need a win and it's always against the Rams and I'm always nervous as hell, but then we find a way to get it done. Can we do it one more time and win seven straight regular season games against the Rams? We'll find out Monday night, man. It should be fun either way. You got, like I said, primetime at home. Niners, Rams, Shanahan, McVay, Buck and Aikman on the call. Should be fun. Should be a real fun game there. So, hope hope we're coming back out here 2-2. Two and two. We're not talking about 1-3 and because if we are, it's going to be the sky is falling for this team right now. Shanahan needs this one bad. And we're going to see if um, his boy Mike McDaniel can go to 4-0 and o tonight against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. That should be a fun one, not going to lie. Um, but we'll see what happens. Niners Rams Monday night. We will see y'all next week. And don't forget to give the 49 away podcast a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis and enjoy week four in the NFL. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 away podcast. Keep a lack. We got a lot more off-season content coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.